HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by greatbrewers.com, a social media marketing platform dedicated to promoting the world's great brewers and the beers they create. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. I'm Grace Bonney of After the Jump, and you're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. It's June 3rd, 2014. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. Thanks to our sponsor, GreatBrewers.com, a comprehensive website aimed at bringing the beer community together who've sponsored this show. We've got a great show tonight. We've got Mike Edison and Patrick Martins who've just written a great book called The Carnivore's Manifesto. And from Belgium, we have Dominique Friot. Uh, of St. Fulian, which is a historical brewery that we're, we're going to be drinking their beers all night. Alex Forbes from Artisanal, the importer. And so it's kind of like the meat and, and beer show. We're going to talk about uh, beer and food pairings and, and some traditional pairings with, with Belgian beers. And also I know that uh, Patrick from Heritage Foods USA also brought uh, some different types of cured meat. So we'll be, we'll be eating meat and drinking Belgian beer all night. With St. Fulian. So here we're on the show. First, I'm going to say hi, hi to Mr. Mike Edison. Hey, what's up, Jimmy? You know, you're, you're, you're a host on the Heritage Radio Network as well. Arts and Seizures every but Sunday, 2 you're, you're also like an accomplished author. And I know you just wrote the, the book with Joey Bastianich, the, the restaurant guy. <laughs> restaurant man, yep. And uh, my, my encore was uh, with Patrick. So uh, how, <laughs> how did you guys get together, Patrick? Uh, I, I did read the book. You don't believe me. I but, saw uh, those random outlinings. I don't, they didn't coordinate with actual sentences. No, just kidding. No, but you, you know, you, you've been the the guy that you started Slow Food USA, and an offshoot of that was Heritage Foods USA. So we know all about you. You, you, you helped found and you founded Heritage Radio Network. But tell me how you guys started working together because that's the real story. Because Mike's been a writer forever, and uh, you know what, what what was it about Patrick's story? Because this I thought this was going to be a cookbook. It's not a cookbook. This there is enough recipe book. The last thing the world needs is another recipe book. This is a serious statement. It's a manifesto. Well, you say, I was, we were dumpster diving and we bumped into each other. <laughs> when I kill, I eat my fill. I've been doing Patrick's radio show for a while. After I wrote my first book, I have fun everywhere I go. Um, I guess it kind of resonated with Patrick and the guys here. At Roberta's, especially the stuff about working at High Times, I think, and Patrick had invited me on his show, and uh, and he invited me again and again. I guess every time he needed a host, you were sure for a host. You were like my Joan Rivers. Yeah, basically, I was your Robin Quivers. Yes, <laughs> I kind of I kind of legitimized you by being the black woman. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, you guys are fun. We're going to try to work you in with, with our, our beer theme tonight because you know one reason I had you on was I know you had some beer references in the book, Patrick. And one thing, you have this thing called tetoir. You're talking about these great things about American food and, and, and where we can go with it, including... Uh, tetoir is, a, is the basically, tet is the French word for head. And so I said that the tetoir was the terroir. You know what terroir is to the soil? Tetoir is to the mind. And soil can give certain agricultural products certain tastes or flavors like grapes in Napa Valley or tomatoes in New Jersey. Tetoir, on the other hand, builds when one apprentice or creative person learns from a master and a tradition and art is passed on from generation to generation. Sometimes so much of that happens that a certain city like Portland or Brooklyn, uh, a borough, just becomes a locus for 
writers or street performers or, in Portland's case, brewers? Well, what we always say is that there's no real terroir here in Brooklyn, but there is probably more talent per square foot than any other place in the world. It's true. So true. And there's so many new breweries. One thing I love about your book, you, you talk a lot about craft beer. Uh, there's a section on American beer. Well, I mean, basically, uh, I uh, when I came to Slow Food, uh, we had to form a U.S. board, and Garrett Oliver became one of the board members. He's the brewmaster of Brooklyn Brewery. Um, he was one of the first uh, and the first board that Slow Food ever had in this country, and he taught me a lot about beer and really educated us on the importance of beer and taught Carl Petrini, the founder of Slow Food, about beer culture in America. And what basically Carlo was lamenting is that the beer traditions of Italy, they were getting a little lazy and, expect, and accepting a few versions of beer in their supermarkets. And then he saw in America this totally dynamic world of breweries exploding. And they were actually making better German and Italian-style beers here in America than they were there. And because, with rare exception, uh, the place does not matter when beer, where beer is made. You know, we figured tetwar was the right word for it. And it gets passed on under big, shiny vats and microbreweries all around the country. Well, talking about traditions... Um, Alex Forbes, you're the importer for uh, San Fulian. Tell us a little bit about about the history of that brewery. I know you brought uh, the owner of the brewery along with you. Sure. Well, uh, I'll just talk for a second about it and then let Dominique really uh, dive in. But it's a 140-year-old, just celebrated their 140th year uh, in business. They're a fourth-generation family-owned brewery. Um, So about as traditional as it gets and very Belgian, very proud of Belgian um. Yeah, I mean, Dominique, do you have a, do you uh, want to expand a little bit about your family? Yeah, let's company? talk. Let's talk about what Belgian beer means. You know, what are the, the aspects of it that you're proud of, and well, what, yeah. what our listeners should say? Why would we go back to Belgian beer? Because everyone wants to drink American craft beer now. Well, Belgian beer are probably the more. I can say the more authentic ones. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, our brewery has been founded in 1873 by my great-great-aunt, which was a woman, actually. Her name was Stephanie Fria. So uh, we, are, we are the fourth generation, and now, uh, the fifth generation is, uh, is now emerging. So, uh, uh, yeah, well, Belgian beer is very something that this uh, world is known worldwide. So uh, uh, everybody... Heard about it, taste Belgian beers, and uh, I say a lot have tried to copy us, but have not succeeded today, as far as I can see. Now, terroir is, uh, Belgium is one of the few regions in the world where the terroir does matter with the beer, right? There's a certain, like you open the windows and... There's a certain fermentation that happens live, uh, not only under the cap. Well, depending what you, you know, what terroir, terroir means, you know, uh, as far as we talk about saison, which is a really uh, a farmhouse sale, which is um, keeps all the tradition of the terroir. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Terroir means um, means the land, means tradition, means um, um, yeah, what's coming from a country uh, is not especially the the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us, Alex, tell us about this beer. This is the St. Fulian This saison. is the Saison. Yeah, this is a farmhouse sale. This is a probably an, an, it's an old style. And an old style beer, probably the most oldest one you, you can find in the Belgian, in the Belgian ales. And, um, you know, the Saison, the Saison, all the, f- all the small breweries in Belgium were also farms in the old days. So they farming in the, um, in the summer and they were brewing in the spring and in the fall. So, uh, uh, this beer was just a, a thirst quenching. It was made by and for farmers. So, yeah. um, uh, it was, it is not very complex. It's a very simple beer. It Blue was not very beer. too, Blue collar. Blue collar. Yes. I don't know what you mean by blue collar. <laughs> every every the work every man, day. I, 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 could, I could drink this in the shower. This would be a good shower, shower beer for me. That's yeah. your thing, right, Mike? I've been on with you before. You and, like to drink beer in the shower. I'm, I'm excited. The weather's been good. I'm excited. We're going to post some big third quarter numbers, for beer and shower numbers, Jimmy. I'm excited. Well, you can take the scan in your show with it. Always cans, you know, for safety. <laughs> I remember the first can. time I was in Belgium, the first time I had, at a time when you had to actually go to Belgium to drink Belgian 
uh, beer and ale. Mm-hmm. I mean, remember those days when all you could get here was you know Coors and uh, Miller and Anheuser Busch products. Um, even the days before light beer became popular, that was all you had. And I remember getting there, and like the American rube I was, uh, they were giving us this you know very strong Belgian beer, eight percent, nine percent alcohol, not really knowing what we were drinking. And boy, did I get shit faced like in a big hurry. Alex, <laughs> yeah, I, I bet you brought like, some. Uh, that's what they do. The American kids who aren't ready. I, I for bet it. you brought some stronger beers too. I did. I brought a nice variety from the Saint Fouillen family. But at the time, you couldn't, you couldn't get that in America. You couldn't get any any of those stronger Duval or anything sure. at all. It just wasn't available here. And in the meantime, all all the while, they've been brewing this for generations. Mm-hmm. You know. Decades, strong beer. I had to learn how to drink that beer because I wasn't right. I wasn't ready for it. But they really pack a punch and make it a really soft. (laughs) You know, yeah, oh, yeah. palatable punch. It, cre- it creeps so, up on you. I'd, dangerous, I'd yeah. be better off drinking a bottle of Jim Beam because at least I knew what to expect. <laughs> yeah, you can feel it. <laughs> well, you know, strong beer. Strong beer is very recent, I should say. You know, because uh, in the beginnings, beer, beer were about two or three, you know, uh, alcohol. You know, and then the, the, the ABV was very low. Uh, just I think after after the war. Uh, it start to it start to raise so uh, and now you can find beer with very high density so um, um, but this is quite recent for us. That's we dangerous have, um, stuff. Fifty chapters in the book, uh, Carnivore's Manifesto. They're all short, and one is to hell with local, eat the best. And we say if we Amen. feel like a Belgian beer, mm-hmm. why not? And it's funny with wine and beer, everybody is importing from all over beer and wine. And yet, with the local food movement in this country, everyone is like, it's got to be local, it's got to be local. And sometimes, as with wine and beer, the either the land or the, the skill set of a people. I mean, Mike always says about the bagels. and uh, <laughs> Well, you want a bagel from New York City? We cook it here at uh, sea level. We have the great water. And we have a terroir of bagels. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, how many hundreds yeah, of years of Jewish noshing that yeah. you just don't get in a That's tetsuar. why people FedEx their bagels all tetsuar. over the country. They don't go to, you know... Uh, Portland for bagels, even though Portland does things, some things very That's well. That's right. Lo- local is geography, not gastronomy. And what about Fox's You Bet Syrup? Can't be beat, right? If you're going to make a, a chocolate egg cream, yeah. you need the ingredients that are made right here in Brooklyn. You'd be an ass to think you can make an egg cream without Fox's. But Patrick, <laughs> when, when, even going back to your slow food days, when we used to talk about locals better, so you, you say there's just, what, there's certain ingredients and certain products from certain parts of the world that are the best well, I think that, you know, Belgium and Europe, uh, they see France and Belgium, for instance, as like a mosaic, a, a collage, a tapestry, and each region specializes in its own thing. And I think here in America, we need that, too. It's uh, This local thing is kind of cannibalizing that. All of a sudden, if you're the best in the nation, we're slower to realize that and acknowledge that. Whereas in Europe, if you're the best in the country, I mean, they'll dedicate a national holiday to you. You'll be given the key of the city. People appreciate their food culture there. Here we're, you know, still fighting the big boys. Let's talk to Alex. Alex, so you know. See, si, senor. You're, you're representing Belgian beers in America. Right. So, I, you know, the trend has been American craft beer. And I, when I started, I, I only drank Belgian beers and some German beers. Yeah. So wh- where do you think it's going? And uh, wh- what do you have that, that you're trying to turn people on to Belgian beers again? Well, I mean, with, with St. Fouillen, some of our other Belgians, it's, um, it's always been there, so it's a classic. And they've been doing it for a long time. It might be brand new to a lot of people, um, even people that used to drink it eight, nine years ago when there wasn't a whole lot of local craft. People would go towards Belgium, Germany, England for fancier beers. Um, so it's always been around. So it's a reminder, and it's a tradition. It's got great history. That's always fun. At least 20 or 10 generations on any, many, many more than sure. any American brewery. I mean, yeah, for yeah. sure. Because um, that, so, that was built off of probably decades and centuries of knowledge before they it, even opened. It still can't be recreated. With all this craft uh, beer boom in the U.S., you know, what are we, almost 3,000 breweries now. There's still not making beer the way they are in Belgium. And they're very experimental. They're doing all kinds of stuff, but it's still these traditional old-school breweries are still doing something unique. Mm-hmm. And I say it's the same so to my wife, Anne, who sells only domestic cheeses. I'm like, God, sometimes I taste a French one, and oh, brother, like it's just co- complex. It's yeah. not a one-shot wonder. And we do great cheeses in New York State. You know, we do great cheeses here, but if you want a Manchego, where are you going to go? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's the same with the cheese world. And a lot of these places are selling the same stuff, fancy beer from all over the world with cheese and charcuterie, mm-hmm. and they all say the same thing. They, people want to support the local stuff, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. We're all for that, but 
you know, if you want a really truly diverse selection and you want to represent the styles the right way. And that's important for someone getting into a style the first time. You don't want them to try a kind of improper or incorrect version. Ersatz, to use my favorite word. Okay, that's very gentle. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I promised Jimmy I'd be gentle today. <laughs> There's a lot of intellectuals in this room. I don't know what that book, word means in the book, and I've read it 700 times. So tradition, so this, right. is, this is what? Yeah. This is the uh, San Fulian Triple. Yeah, <laughs> talk about tradition, exquisite. yeah. This is the San Fulian uh, flagship beer. Uh, it's just beautiful. This is textbook triple. This is exactly how it should be. What does that mean? How is it supposed to be? What makes this it color, a, a good triple? This texture, this right mm. amount of spicing, mm. this um, alcohol level. Um, it's delicious. Yeah, it I think it, we're talking. We're going to talk about meat, pairing meats and and Belgian beers too. So, what did you guys bring? You brought uh, something from Heritage Foods USA. Well, we're very fortunate to have an American who is uh, ninety four years been. His family has been curing hams in Virginia using the American style, which is smoking. In Italy, they do not smoke it. So this is uh, hangs three days in a fiery, smoky room in the middle of the summer. And he uh, had been using commodity pigs and noticed that he could not age the hams for 400 days like his father had and his grandfather had. And it was because the commodity pigs just weren't built for that. They grew too fast, and the internal part of the ham would turn to dust and start to disintegrate. So when he came across us, who was able to provide him still a very modest number, but still something significant, he steered his business more sustainably to raise 100% pasture-raised, antibiotic Berkshire pigs. So Sam is our biggest customer, and we love him to death, but the best news about him, 100%, is that these hams are delicious. So Let's taste it, yeah. It's prosciutto-style ham. So throughout the show, we're going we're gonna to have Patrick talk about some, some meats and... Uh, Dominique will, will say which beers will, will go we with it. Do you think this is good with the triple? Yeah, I think, well, you know what? With cured meat, I would say saison, which for me, it's the best. Sorry. Patrick just hand, he's handing out. This isn't Belgium. <laughs> Mike, you're the, you're the play-by-play guy. He's handing out these huge slices. Of yeah. Mike is about to rub it on his body. Don't be worried about it. And I'm hands. chewing right now. But I think, yeah, for me, with the cure meat, uh, salad, saison for me is the best because you have the salt, yeah. you know, in that, in that mm-hmm. ham, and the beer will be a little bit astringent and mm-hmm. it's going to pair. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> We're throwing meat around here. You should see right. what's happening. <laughs> I think I can drink the saison with pretty much anything. Yeah, no, that's saison. Um, I can mean, go anywhere. I mean, yeah. for me, I, I love the triple, but that's not what I would. Um, for food, it's a little overpowering. I like the triple with it too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the, the triple will pair very nicely with um, you know with a, a creamy dish, uh, mm-hmm. something more um, heavier, I would say, or kind of you know cheese. Uh, well, it could pair also with cured meat, but saison is really the kind of beer you should drink with the. Uh, uh, with that I love it. I love I love the saison, and I like the triple. Hey, we're gonna take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on uh, Beer Sessions Radio. All right. just had your first sip of an IPA, GreatBrewers.com is your number one beer resource on the internet. GreatBrewers.com bridges the gap between the world's great brewers and the consumers who enjoy their products. 
With so much information and misinformation out there, GreatBrewers.com focuses on education and leaves no stone unturned. Take the Great Beer Test on their website and browse through an extensive product catalog. Download their mobile beer cloud app, which includes a GPS beer finder, a beer sommelier, and descriptions for over 5,000 different brews. What are you waiting for? Back up that passion for craft beer with some solid information and education. Visit GreatBrewers.com today. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. You can become a member. Go to HeritageRadioNetwork.org. There's different membership levels. It's a great thing. You get to be part of this great community. And uh, we're here with the founder today, Patrick Martin. You get a free tote bag at your $120 membership. That's right. What else do you get for joining Heritage Radio Network? You want to show up to the farmer's market looking legit? Become a member. Get a free tote bag. So we got Patrick Martins and Mike Edison, who wrote The Carnivore's Manifesto, and Dominique, the owner of St. Fulian, and Alex Forbes from uh, The Importer, who, who deals with them. But right now, we actually just tasted some awesome Heritage Foods USA Serrano ham, Suriano ham. S. Wallace Edwards and Sons. He's the producer. Thank you. And we were deciding whether it was better with the St. Fulian Saison or the Triple, and, and they're all good. But this brings us to one of the points of the show. We're trying to talk about meat and beer and, and, and pairing foods, especially with, with Belgian beers. So, uh, Patrick, you, you had an interesting chapter in your book. Uh, it was about the Rabelaisian feast and, and what you would eat if you were this giant in this Well, Gargantua. What Gargantua. a guy. <laughs> That's who I would have wished I could have partied with, Gargantua. This is, well, where, this is where we bonded. Why don't you yeah, tell, right, us, tell us a couple of the foods our, that you, 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 you suggested that Gargantua. The Gargantua would eat? Well, no, I'll, I'll talk about the foods, but yeah. Mike came, found, Mike is the king of finding quotes, and if anyone has a great book to write, use Mike as a co-writer, because <laughs> he will embellish and beautify everything. He came up with five or six fantastic historical quotes about feasting. Well, we're talk- I said, even the most Dickensian of us, which would be Charles Dinkins, like the way I call Charles Dickens yes. Dickensian, um, <laughs> says that vices are sometimes only virtues carried to excess. I mean, the idea is that we need to remember to feast. There's so much talk about uh, moderation and people watching calories and avoiding all sorts of food, lactose and gluten, and God knows what. And uh, we want to celebrate exactly the opposite. What did Mae West purloin? Mae West, um, well, she uh, later copped by the king of conspicuous consumption, Liberace, said, too much of a good thing is wonderful. All right, yeah. and there's nice. some more. You got even more quotes. Keep reading. Uh, well, I mean, uh, he does go on and on. Let's, let's but, yeah. but you know, you're going to buy what, the book. You're going to get Carnivore's Manifesto. What did William Blake but, say? The, what did he the say? Palace, the Palace of Wisdom, paved the road is paved with. Excess. Okay, but this is what I want. I want so Patrick's vision. You guys can go back and forth. What Gargantua would have eaten? You know, your fa- your feast. Give us some of the food examples, and Dominic will say which which beer she would pair with it. Okay. And I've actually seen Patrick Man. do this. I mean, how many pounds of carne crudo did your mom make at your birthday party? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, really, like it's, you're talking about these huge amounts of food inspired by Rabelais, whatever Rabelais, 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 Rabelais. So we need you, Dominic. Get on there. What did Oscar Wilde say? Moderation is a fatal thing. Nothing succeeds like six, like excess. Okay, nice. so some give us some of the foods. There's some crazy foods there. Well, I want to eat them all. <laughs> I mean, Jimmy, please tell me you understand this. Where there is no extravagance, <laughs> there is no love, and where there is no love, there is no understanding. All right, now I'm ready. <laughs> let's go. But before, no, let's I'm just, see. I'm getting hungry. Carne cruda, the Piedmontese. Um, steak tartare, but they don't make it with an egg. They just make it with uh, olive oil, so it's much lighter. So you can eat 400 pounds of it. You basically can <laughs> eat okay, it. So that's what I'm going to tell you an anecdote. You know what? how we call steak tartare in Belgium? Mm. Filet américain, which means... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I think we've just been insulted. Oh, so that, no, no, no. It's Sacre not. bleu. Jacuzzi. Jacuzzi. <laughs> so what... This is really a Belgian thing, you know. And when you talk about French fries, mm-hmm. isn't it silly? We, yeah. It's Belgian fries. Freedom fries. But, but what beer would you pair with filet American? I would pair something like, like a, uh, of course, saison, and maybe a blanche beer would be would be great with the filet American, uh, or something much lighter like a, a, a lager beer would be better. So in, in Belgium, and there's there's a tradition of, of having food with beer. It is. It is. And um, actually, we come back to that tradition again because, you know, maybe the two decades ago, people were going, you know, to the wine much easier than to the beer. So, you know, the, the grass is always greener. Mm. 
on the side than when you are. So, yeah. um, Patrick, another dish from your well, Rab- Rabelaisian you, feast. Should I save my toughest question for the end? Let me start off with an easier one. Um, Peking... Um, well, the Peking duck. Not, Peking to be con- duck. not to be confused with Peking duck. It is a pancake, mm. an Asian pancake with duck in it and scallions and a sweet duck sauce. And it's rolled into a, a, a duck-filled doobie. And you eat it, and it's exquisite. But it's very sweet meat. Okay, well, for that, I will go to a brown beer, like uh, Saint-Feuillain-Brune Reserve. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Do we have any of that? I want to know what's in that bottle. The big one? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, Jimmy, that's the big dessert. one. That's well, the brown one. It's funny, because, Patrick, you, you recommended the, the Peking yeah, duck with... A North Coast uh, Brewing dark beer as well, right? I wish we had met before I wrote North Coast Brewing. No, I'm a big fan of them, uh, but North Coast Brewing Company, which they are known for their dark ales, I believe, and she said a a brownish one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very true. I just think it's wonderful we live in a world with so many beer possibilities. Oh, yeah. So my toughest question now, this is the final one, from the feast. Now, I say Caesar salad because with extra anchovies, Uh-oh. what do you send the anchovies way? You just hit the daily double. <laughs> <laughs> That's Dominique's favorite food. That's her favorite favorite dish. Oh, my God. I will bring you the best anchovies. I will give you a, a glass jar of anchovies before you leave. She's a Caesar salad som. Oh. <laughs> Without anchovies. Oh, really? Yeah, Caesar salad and anchovies is just not a Caesar salad. Really? <laughs> So, you wanted to know the best... For l'anchois. For l'anchois. <laughs> l'anchois. Oh, tish. Every time you speak French, I feel like Gomez Adams, and I just want to start chewing on your arm. <laughs> it's not the only time you do that. <laughs> so, the best beer to, to drink with that is the Saint-Fillain Blonde. Hmm. Yeah. Great answer. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Let's end the show right here. Have you that done that before? Have you, have you done the pairing yourself? Before? I did. Yeah. I did. Toast? I did. Patrick, I mean, Alex, you've done a lot of beer and food pairings, too. We've done bacon yeah. and Belgians at Jimmy's number 43. Yes, we have. We're going to a dinner there tonight. We've got some foods from Heritage, uh, Heritage Foods USA. Nice, nice. And, uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah. Well, cheers to this, man. This is fun. Yeah, we're here. Cheers. I think we need more food and, and uh, more beer. We have um, that. We're trying to incorporate a, a book review with a visiting owner of a Belgian brewery, and we're getting somewhere. We're creating some bonds. Patrick, so do you speak Belgian or just French? <laughs> um, well, when I lived in Italy, uh, Belgian is a very different language, and I lived in Piemonte, where they speak Piemontese which is part French and part Italian, mountain Italian. And I could not understand 1% of what they were saying. Dude, even the English you speak is some kind of fucked up patois. What? <laughs> yeah. That was well when? said. Stop <laughs> dropping the F-bombs. So what, what is, you know how many F-bombs Belgium? we had to edit out of but the what book? Is, what is Belgium? Is, is, it, is it France meets what? No, it's French and Flemish. You know, there, we, we do have a, a border. And, you know, North, they speak Flemish, and which is Dutch and in uh, but the southern part we call in the southern part we speak French. So uh, these guys, I got to back off. These carnivores. Del, del, I want to call you carnivores dilemma. I know it's, <laughs> that's in the back Do of my you mind. You want to know what the Jewish dilemma is? I'm a Jew. I can give this joke. What is the Jewish dilemma? I ask Jack if anyone calls in with the answer. What is the Jewish dilemma? Free ham. <laughs> <laughs> That's something you can say, Patrick. Okay. But I do. I would like more free ham if you don't mind giving it to <laughs> yes, me. Yes, it's pretty go. good. I'm still wondering what's in that big bottle. Yeah, let's crack another one. Come yeah, on, Alex. Yeah, all right. I would say, Alex, for so tell us a little bit what you do because you're you're you're, you're representing some great uh, Belgian breweries. Sure, sure. Yeah, we are artisanal imports. But tell me, how did how did you first start working in? And this? where are you because based? Let him, let, him, let him tell the story. Oh, happy holidays! Because he's a pretty cool guy. Like you've been, Thank you. Thank like we just you. won the World Series. I met. We hung out at in Cooperstown at the Belgian comes the Cooperstown event at Ulm My game. favorite beer event of the year. Um, but how did you get involved in beer? A Belgian baseball fan. I love um, it. I moved to New York City six years ago without any specific skills. Uh, for the band that I play in. And uh, our drummer got a job at a distributor, I believe from Craigslist. And uh, about two months later, he got me the job. This is the American dream. I love what I do. It does. But then the big great. job is he got a job as, as the importer. Yes. Yeah, the so importer after, rep after is really where you want to go. Then, um, so like the guys, the, the, the sales guys, and they hopefully they get bumped up to either working for a brewery yeah, or an yeah. importer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Tough, it's tough work selling beer. Yeah, yeah. very tough. 
You gotta you gotta huff the streets for uh, basically below minimum wage, and then um, and get to know beer, learn. That's like uh, that's like college, and then grad school. Hopefully, you can hook up with like a supplier, either a local brewery or an importer or something like that. Um, and of course, Jimmy's show is the Acme. Oh, yeah. You meet people like Jimmy, and he's like, right. "Hey, man." Check out but how we, we, this smooths out. Talking about food. the workers and, and the and the farmers and stuff, we actually we love to talk to, to the reps who are actually out there doing all the work. And you, you accumulate you accumulate a lot of knowledge. I mean, I know yeah. you, you can come to a restaurant or a bar and give quite a presentation and entertain people, and it really it, it improves the 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 evening for a lot of people. It's a great way to represent mm-hmm. your brands. So tonight, let's tell us what you're going to do to talk through. Because I want to say you're the worker. This is what you do. Talk through what you're going to do at the dinner tonight. So at the dinner tonight, I am the biggest, the world's biggest cheerleader for St. Fuyen. Um, I go around. It's a nice kind of uh, cozy, crowded atmosphere. A lot of um, energetic, uh, eager, drinking people. And they they come there knowing that they're going to have some good stuff, food and beer. So they're excited as hell. They want to hear all the details about the beer, history of the brewery, maybe little nuances on flavors and aromas. Um Little little ideas why I think it goes well with the beer or with the food, why they think it's going well. We can, sometimes we you know go back and forth, have a little discussion, arguments, high fives, hugs, tears, fisticuffs. Uh, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but basically, just going around and cheering it up, being super positive, energetic. Try and stay happy. Try and stay like always. No, you're you're a consummate upbeat. professional, and you, we, we would say let's book Alex because we know he's going to make the the night better, and that's the kind of person you want representing your brand. So, one last thing, give wait, us wait, a, wait, wait. What, what what was wrong? Like, what do people argue about, and what beers go terrible with things? I mean, the, I the, think the there is side. no wrong answer. Okay, my theory is you can't. There's nothing that straight up doesn't work. There's things that work better than others, pairing-wise. So with beers and these beer, a lot of these beer aficionados are very specific, very particular, almost anal, and and you you know you can discuss a style is a big thing. There's one. There's style. one. Actually, this is not the best. There's in one, that Alex. Style. That I'll tell you. I only drink lager wait, in the wait. shower. <laughs> Forget your lager. When 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 you have a sometimes a spicy dish. And sometimes yeah. another a great Belgian tradition, sour beers and Flemish Flemish mm-hmm. sours mm-hmm. actually really balance out a, a spicy dish. Who does and Flemish the, and sours? The spicy dish balance quite a few. Rodenbach. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a bunch of sour beers sure. that we get. Sure. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, so better, uh, what, I, 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 I want to wait, wait. For you. Okay, but I want you to plug your book. I do well. All right, don't worry. Last, uh, no, just kidding. Jack's staying here till midnight to help plug the book. No, just kidding. But uh, what? Uh, what responsibility do you have? Is the are you the matriarch of the brand, and does your whole fa- matriarch? Or, or beautiful the, word. The, the, the whole family uh, get their income from this beer, and has it yeah, been? Are you like our... the Kennedys of this beer? Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> or the the Rothschild, the Camelot of beer, the Medici. Don't go that far. <laughs> no, well, you know, we are we are family, and my brother and I are completely involved in that brewery. This is our main business. It's not the decor. It's just uh, really we're ver- working very, very hard. We just make a big, a big investment. Last year we uh, we we built a new brew house, and we are we are very we are very proud of it because you know how many we people bu- work for you? Well, just twenty five. And it's a, a small, number. it's a small company, but you know, we 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 brew in those uh, original equipments and since uh, you know that we've been in 1873 till last year, and last year we jumped from the you know prehistory to uh, high tech, so it was a big big jump for us. So what, what's high tech for you guys? Well, you refrigerators? know, refrigerators. Come on, don't be. <laughs> <laughs> Gravity. Well, the reason I ask, I you, you guys, the one thing, this is one thing that we know. I know you do a special collab <laughs> for our beer listeners. You do a special collaboration with Green Flash yeah, we in do. San Diego. And I know that when, when they go to Belgium, they say that you have these special secrets uh-huh. and, and things. And I know Belgian breweries have secrets. When you go to California, everybody's sharing and doing new things. Well, that's probably her mentality, which is probably different from yours. So, uh, But th- that was uh, the collaboration with Green Flash was a fantastic story because when we met the people from Green Flash you know I wasn't you know they I know they want to brew a beer with us make a beer with us and uh, I was a little bit say well that that didn't happen often in Belgium and uh, so 
I'm I'm at the brewer of Green Flash, and I say, okay, well, that guy could get along very well with my brewer, and uh, they came, and we made that beer de l'amitié, which which yeah, let's was taste that, that one more time. That, um, I love this beer. Yeah, How often fantastic. do Belgians drink beer? I mean, do most Belgians every drink day. every day? It's like wine. Every day, yeah, yeah. It's it's an everyday beer, you know. It's uh, but. When they do have a special mead, they, they will drink wine. Or a special occasion, it will be um, champagne and wine. So uh, beer is more um, a standard drink, like yeah. milk. Or you could have it for lunch. You go to a nice, <laughs> oh you go to a cafe, right, and drink yeah. some. Beer's better than milk for you, too. Excuse me? Yes. Beer's better than milk. I think so. And it's better. It's better than soda. It's better than soft drink. It's better than... Yeah, Gargantua's mother supposedly her breasts created beer. That's what it was. That's what came out in Belgium. That's the way the Belgians told the story. That's why I love your book, man. Yeah, Carnivores make up all the rules. Blessed are are the beer makers, for they shall inherit the earth. They shall. Mike, one more quote from the book. Any quote? (laughs) I have to say, Mike picked a quote for every chapter. So these are three-page chapters. I really liked it. Fifty of them. And uh, the Mike quotes are like an two pages, and the chapters are like one page. I love it. Well, the quotes aren't that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's slightly well, more than Abraham a brochure. Abraham Lincoln's book. was. Um, well, whatever. I turned right to Benjamin Franklin. An investment in knowledge pays the best interest. It's awesome. And that's that's what this book's really about. Right? Well, that has to do with the, that. That was the quote the for the ethos. Museum of Food and Drink chapter, which is a co-host of ours. Dave Arnold is trying to start the Museum of Food and Drink here in America. And we always joke about it, uh, him and I, because if you were in 1600 when your uh, family started the brewery and you said, what's the food museum, what animal museums are going to exist for wild animals or for food? What's going to be the future? And the answer to that is that it's been 100% wild animals, natural history museums. Every major city in the world has a natural history museum, but not one anywhere in any city has a food museum. Awesome. I'll tell you what. We have so much more to talk about. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come back and also talk about St. Fulian's uh, collaborations with Green Flash and some wild food ideas from Patrick and Mike on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. All the music we've been listening to today is by a band called Iggy Dean. This is Beer Sessions Radio on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. We have some great guests tonight. They won't stop talking. The crazy guys, Mike Edison, Patrick Martins. They want to do, you know, National Farmers Day and all the stuff. Celebrating beer, the universal song. Love them. Their book's out, Carnivore's Manifest. I want to call it The Carnivore's Dilemma. I know you guys got that Michael Pollan thing in your head, but no, it's and not that book. I wanted to call it the Carnifesto. I like that one. Yeah, that's. Let, we got Belgian beer here. We got this American craft traditions. We got a Amer- Belgian beer and uh, Saint Fulians here. So you guys started doing uh, collaborations with Green Flash Green in Flash. San Diego. Yeah. So tell us how that happened, and and let's talk about a couple of the beers that you brought. Okay, so uh, that, it started in two, 2010. So uh, they came, uh, they came to, they came to Belgium. Uh, Mike Hinckley and his brewer and, uh, and yeah, Chuck, he, right? Chuck, yeah, Chuck Silva. Yeah, Chuck Silva. And we, 
it was wonderful. I mean, they came one day, and it was in, I think it was in March. I was back from Japan, and uh, it was, I think it was a 9 March, uh, 2010, and they started to brew in the old, you know, the old brew house, and uh, it, it was kind of magical for them because it was a dream. I remember Chuck Silva saying, wow, it, it, it's a dream for me to brew here in Belgium, and uh, um, and they pay, you know, and, and those two brewers were so connected, were so uh, on the same page. That was, um, and, you know, it generated a beer like Beer de l'Amitié, which was really a friendship brew, and which is a blonde ale, strong blonde ales. And we, the thing is also that we mix different, you know, ingredients from United States, different, you know, American hops, Belgian hops, and, and that was fantastic, you know, and we have that wonderful beer, which is uh, uh, also we had some spices, different, you know. The, so, you can, wait, wait, people in Belgium came to America to get hops? That, I find that very surprising. No, the wine me. thing, that happened with the wine, too. They had that <laughs> for yeah, well, or that terrible It's disease. a collaboration, mm-hmm. so uh, we, we wanted to do it, right? So, uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, and oh, American hops is fantastic. I, but you have such a strong tradition that I, I'd be wondering if the Belgian people would even accept American hops, given your tradition, and also the historical, um, uh, you know, the way people think American mine. beer. Well, you know the we, joke. It's like, it's like, you guess know, what, though? You know, it's like having sex in a canoe. We're open. But, but Belgium, Belgium always had hops. Yeah, we do have. Belgium hops. Yeah. had hops in their beers long before America. We do, yeah, yeah. We do have hops, and, but yeah. we we don't use only Belgian hops. Mm-hmm. Actually, we you know, we can use uh, the hops from uh, Slovenia, Czechy, and uh, so that's the way that's the way it is right now. Alex, so when you guys rolled out the uh, the collaboration with Green Flash, tell us what that was like. I mean, you, you've made th- three different uh, collaborations since then, right? Uh, yeah, two, two at Saint-Fouillen, one at the Green Flash Brewery. So yeah. I've been re- I've been able to sell uh, the two of them, the Beer de Lamite and this Belgian Coast. It's cool as heck because it gives Saint-Fouillen a new um, audience. You know, attaching a classy kind of hip brewery like Green Flash to Saint-Fouillen's name just opens up a lot of people's eyes. A lot of new customers all of a sudden know what Saint-Fouillen is. And... Mm-hmm. Collaborations are are pretty hip. They're they're pretty cool right now. So that kind of gets them on the current map. And well, in Europe, everyone collaborates. In the U.S., we're slow to invest in communal enterprises because everyone figures they're going to get screwed. But in reality, the the truth is that all boats rise with the high tide. Well, just like this radio station, it it, it really showcases what you can do when people work together. But let's yes, let's yes. tap into the authentic traditions here. One more thing. Yeah, Think of a, a few other special, you know, foods that you would pair with with Belgian beers. And I have a question. When she's done asking this okay. one about the brewery, you go first. <laughs> this is a fun okay, show, okay, isn't okay, it? Okay. No, we're partying. We're, we're doing some. What are those I'm things called? Right the now. spiffies. What are those things that you guys do? <laughs> On yeah. your show, Mike, you drink, you smoke spiffies. Oh. We haven't, we haven't talked, we haven't talked about fish. Oh, Sorry, that's guys, true. But. Yeah, that's not the right topic. <laughs> but you know, beer and you know, beer, cook fish and beer. It's wonderful as well. You know, it's a, it's another. Well, give us one. one, one actually cooking the fish. With no, the let's air. do uh, salmon and then uh, whatever the comma uh, tuna. Salmon and tuna. Do they get the same beers? Raw or cook? Oh. <laughs> tartar. American. American. The tartar salmon. Oh, Just like okay. raw salmon, like on a bagel. Avogadro saison. It's like the cure meat. It is a cure it meat. It is the cure meat. But a cooked fish that will go on a, on a blanche, definitely. Okay. A blanche beer. Like beer. Absolutely. Blanche, blanche beer and fish is fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, a French or, or, I would say something else. We, I didn't think about it. Grand Cru, which is... Uh, you know, it's our latest creation. It's Grand Cru, that's Grand the highest. Cru. Uh, Grand Cru. So that's the great harvest, that's, that's right? That's the cherry on a cake. Yeah, exactly. Okay. What, is it, what is it? A quadruple? Cherry on a Sunday, really. It's a, it's, a, it's a blonde beer, very, you know, it's a strong blonde ale, very bright, very. Um, we, we, we use only hops in that beer, not spices. It's very, uh, very elegant, very sophisticated. When you pour it, that beer in, in the glass where you see lacy effect, it's, we use a champagne yeast for that beer as well. So it's very, and the most noble hops, I would say. So uh, it's fantastic with the fish. Alex, let's have one more beer. Do you have anything left? I have uh, the, we talked about the Belgian Coast IPA. 
We haven't. Let's oh, we haven't it. talked about it. We haven't. That's right. We, we've been drinking a little bit, so that's... <laughs> Let's have some more of that, and you tell it's, us about that. Oh, man. This then, is a true, true collaboration. Look, you I can have to taste pour my own beer on the show. Ca- Southern California, you can taste Where, Where's my Belgium. beer sommelier today? Come on. <clears throat> si, senor. So um, wow, Jimmy, I didn't know you were such a diva. I know. I am a diva. <laughs> <laughs> One of your three drivers is getting drunk at the bar, by the way. There was something I want to say about that. uh, I want to taste California and Belgium at the same time. There's a lot of hop. It's a hop-forward beer, but I've never had an IPA with this texture, with this much carbonation before. I'll tell you going into this, I'm a little uh, cynical because I feel like I've been IPA'd to death over the last 10 years. This is a totally, this is a breath of fresh air in the IPA world, for sure. Okay, well, here goes. Yeah, this eat and drink. I didn't even get any. It's food and drink in that beer. Oh, man, this is good. This no, this York is nice. It's, it's, it's got some nuance to it. It's not. It's, yeah, it's I mean, not it's, just it's, hops. it's very hopsy, but it's not right. covering me all. You know that uh, talking about history. Just hops Before 1979, you could actually drink beer outside in New York City. Did you really? Know what happened? I don't know. There's a story. Yeah. I'll, I'm going to tell you about another. Is it a personal one? Have to pay you twenty bucks. It was, it was smear and, and cops are famous for letting you finish your beer while they write you a ticket. I've heard. Dozens of stories, myself included. <laughs> uh, well, well, technically, the tradition of drinking, of drinking beer in a paper yeah. bag is because uh, you can't be searched. I mean, that's why we put it in a paper uh, bag. Because looking, asking what's in the bag constitutes a search. You know, I would say this Saison right here would be a good one for drinking on the street because it doesn't exactly look like a no, beer. No, and how sophisticated are cops with their <laughs> with uh, import beer? You know, do they know that this no. is a beer? No. Saison. Wait, you New York's, look you and almost, New York's finest aren't hip to the craft beer movement? No, everybody <laughs> Prove me wrong. <laughs> Prove me wrong, cops. Come on over. But w- one last quote from your book. You, you, well, I have one question. What? I mean, I want this, uh, this cuts to the heart of the Belgian people. You are an established brand. People know you, especially in your local community. So do they cheer you on and say, oh, my God, every beer is better than the other? Or are Belgians very critical about the beer? And are they, do they come to you in the street and say, ah, I noticed in the last batch? I mean, what kind of energy goes on? That's a great question, Pat. Yeah. No, Belgium is not too tr- critical about their beers. Mm-hmm. No, this is, uh, and actually, the Belgium are not too proud about their beers. Uh, their beers. We, we, you know, with the Belgian uh, Brewers Federation, recently we made a uh, a TV commercial about the Belgian beers because we want the Belgian people back to their. And we we choose, we made a commercial, we we film here in Maine, um, an American who's selling Belgian beer, a Chinese lady in Shanghai, you know, and another, another, uh, another lady in France, and uh, because to bring back the Belgian to their product, so, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, so this is a little bit different. Hey, can we do a a toast (laughs) to your old co-host, who we should always remember more? Ray Dieter, yes. Ray Dieter. Thank you, Always, we always remember him at every show, right? We miss him from DBA so much. That's how long I've had The last thing, I want to give you guys a shout out for your book, because you really did a great thing. I've known you for years, Patrick. And, and you have so much vision and passion. But the quote I really loved the most was the Abraham Lincoln quote. And I hope you guys could could read that well, on, how, on man, there. Listen, you are the. I mean, you, listen, you could the Abraham the Lincoln. Six, the, six, the Abraham Lincoln quote is, is you're from is, Illinois. Ninety percent of in a log book. cabin. The best thing if you look up you Lincoln. If, if you look up Abraham Lincoln in the index, it comes right after Liberace. So when are you guys doing the, the traveling vaudeville shtick with <laughs> oh, the book? Come on, all over. But, and the executive director will, will, of, your will, na- of your radio station is coming to promote the radio. We're taking it on the road. There'll be a party. Guys, the Abraham Lincoln quote, please. Come on. You don't even know your own book. I thought I'd choose the Lewis Carroll quote, actually, because it best describes what writing a book with you is like. Oh, bro. Okay. (laughs) Mikey, do the the Lewis Carroll quote. Actually, that was a great one. Here here we must run as fast as we can just to stay in place. And if you wish to go anywhere, you must run twice as fast as that. And then also in the, (laughs) the appendix at the end, you also recommended books that people should read. And then, Mike, yeah. go to that and say what you guys Don't said about... Don't make me think that that makes me think. <laughs> Don't you think that I, I think like that it. you got to the end of the book. I did. That was pretty good. You almost had me there, Jimmy. I did read the book. Uh-huh. I even put did notes in it. you read the appendix? Uh-huh. Okay. So let's, let's... I want the Abraham Lincoln quote. There are, picture, there are pictures of this book. I it. All right, Mike. God, you're the voiceover guy. What a pain in the butt. This is my life for those years that we sat in the same room. Are you guys yeah, still friends after is, writing yes, the book? Yes, yes, yes. Well, we're here together. I think you're more than friends now. Well, he was talking about eating my arm earlier. 
Oh, share the shit. This is the chapter. Share the shit, if you keep which is French. about not overtaxing any ecosystem. The ambition for broad acres leads to poor farming, even with men of energy. I scarcely ever knew a mammoth farm to sustain itself, much less to return a profit upon the outlay. I have more than once known a man to spend a respectable fortune upon one, fail and leave it, and then some man of more modest aims get a small fraction of the ground and make a good living upon it. Mammoth farms are like tools or weapons which are too heavy to be handled. Ere long, they are thrown aside at a great loss. Abraham Lincoln. Thank you. Awesome. I'm, getting, I'm getting you an Aaliyah next time I go to the synagogue. But, guys, we're going to slow down. I would say that uh, that was a brilliant quote, and I want, to, I want you to know the, the gravitas of this book, The Carnivore's Manifesto by Patrick Martins with Mike Edison. We don't always review food books, but I, I, I did read it, and, and I really – that message in particular, <laughs> reading what Abraham Lincoln said about large farms versus small businesses. You know, you're, you're rooting for the small farmer. You're rooting for the small businessman. You're rooting for the small artisanal producer, Patrick. Did a great job with that book, and thank you. And that's why we've also tried to showcase you tonight with uh, mm-hmm. our great traditional uh, Belgian beer company. So one last introduction, talking about small, beer, small companies. Chris Barker works for New Amsterdam Market. Chris, and you lived in Belgium. Let's just say hello in a few words in French or Flemish. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so hi. I just moved back to New York from three years in Belgium, in Brussels. And I just took on a role of community engagement coordinator for the New Amsterdam Market. And uh, what's coming up next, the night market? Tell us about that. Well, so, well, first of all, we have the regular monthly market on June 21st, which is a Saturday. And then we have a, a special fundraiser night market on June 26th, which is a Thursday. Uh, it's focused on fisheries and seafoods. So there's a lot of oysters, crabs, fish, and beer table will be there with some special beers. Mm. So. There should be some and Chris, you, you are a special in-studio guest. Thanks for coming on. And, you, and they're going to be day scallops, I read in the weekly email. Everyone should be signing up to the new Amsterdam weekly or monthly email. Well, already this past Saturday, we had day scallops from Maine fresh, and they were, they were really delicious, and they'll, they'll come back, and they'll, they'll be at the night market as well. So I highly recommend coming and trying those scallops. Well, thank you, everybody. And tonight, if, 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 if you're listening live, come over to Jimmy's number 43 at 7 o'clock. Uh, St. Fulian will be there. Alex, Dominique, there's a bacon and Belgians dinner with our guest chef, Annette Tomé, who worked at ICC and French Cologne Institute for many years, doing a very special menu with some heritage foods, meats. All right, it's a great show. Thanks, everybody. Uh, I'd like to thank our sponsors again, greatbrewers.com, who have helped to bring this podcast to you tonight. Thanks to uh, Patrick, Mike, Dominique, and Alex for joining me here, and Chris on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producers, Maggie Seiden and Justin Kennedy, and our engineer, Jack Insley. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.